Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with my partner in crime, Tyler Tyler. It is victory week, man. We beat the Steelers, man. How are you feeling? Victory Monday. It was a great day, and it spilled over into Tuesday. And I'll tell you why, Micah. It was because on Sunday, I was doing the old Creed Bratton skip around the room because if those who listen to our podcast remember, there was a segment last week where we did a who is going to win. And there was also a segment of guess the score. And yep. if I am not mistaken, I believe I called a Raiders upset. Also, I said the score was going to be 24 to 21. So, dude, call me Friar Tyler. I looked into the future and I, uh, I delivered the goods. Dude, I'm going to have you start picking games from now on because I, I was the Debbie Downer. I said it would be a blowout. I think I said like 34 to 13 or something like that. Uh, and obviously, I uh, really, really messed that one up. But man, dude, you, you just blew that out of the park. Nailed the score. Yep. Nailed the upset. Yep. Improbable upset. Who would have thought that Antonio Brown would have been held to 35 total yards through the air? Dude, that's, that's unreal. That is is big props to Gary on Conley, and that is the kind of corner that Oakland needs. That's who we thought we had, and that is who we have. Now, Juju went off, but you know what? There was only so much the young man Nelson out of Wisconsin could do there. Rookie, uh, I you know, there's just there are only so many weapons you're going to be able to cover. They've got that big tight end that the Raiders seem to be able to keep fairly well in check throughout the game. Obviously, uh, uh, you know James Conner not being there, running back helped, and Big Ben being out for a couple of couple of quarters. But still, dude, we held him in that first half, man. I mean, it was it was tight in the first half, and and it wasn't until the third quarter they came out, you know, with Dobbs, and the defense was still able to hang in there. And I know it was a little shaky there towards the end, but uh, dude, we got it done. Improbably got it done. And once again, I just want to go and point out that. A team that's quit on their coach or doesn't believe in their coach, they don't win games like this. No, you know, they, no don't, they do not. They don't beat the Steelers. Nope. Um, a team that needs every win that it can get to keep, you know, its playoffs hopes alive and keep itself relevant in, you know, in the playoff discussion. Because with that loss, man, the Steelers are on shaky ground. Now, I know the rest of their division is pretty busted up. But uh, as far as wanting any kind of home field advantage or any kind of bye week or anything, I mean, they took a big old blow to that, This uh, even with the Patriots' loss. Uh, the, I mean, they, they really took a step back. So 
big props to Oakland and John Gruden and, you know, getting to see him going around and high-fiving with the fans and everything afterwards, man. It just did my heart good because I feel like even with how dismal the season's been, man, a win like that, being able to notch a win like that, put that in your belt, under your belt, how wherever in somewhere, somewhere on your in body. your pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just being able to do that is is so big that. Um, uh, I, I just I feel great for it, and, and this is this is the John Gruden, this is the Chucky that we wanted in Oakland, and I think give this guy some more talent. Obviously, we'll get to some of that big news as far as him having control, a little more control. But I think yes, you're sir. seeing what can happen with with uh, with a Gruden led team, and I think this is a, but a mere taste, and uh, we should be excited for the future. So I agree. And now I'm not ready to go all in and say, you know, next year we're contending for a Super Bowl or anything insane like that. But like you said, right. Teams that uh, give up on their coach or the locker room goes sour or whatever. And we've been preaching that for weeks, Micah, is I believe that the people who were sour in the locker room and who were kind of giving up have either been traded or cut or released at their request. And that's fine with me. Because ever since Bruce Irvin has left, all of a sudden, uh, Atlanta has continued to lose four games in a row, or five, and, you know, we've we've started to actually look decent. Now, I'm not saying he's the cause of everything, but, you know, Cooper's gone. He didn't really want to be there, it feels like. Anyway, I, I feel like the people that are in that locker room want to be there. They want to compete. And and we have seen that I feel like the last three weeks maybe. Yep, yep. And well, we saw. I mean, Oakland almost pulled off the improbable win against Kansas City last yes, week. Yes, they and did. Had a shot at it. A little more talent on that team on both ends of the ball, and I think Oakland would have gotten the job done there. And I think that could be said for a lot of the games this year. Maybe not all of them. And There's the Ravens blowouts. game was pretty close too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, there are a couple more. I mean, all of a sudden this team could have. You know, could have, and again, it's woulda, coulda, shoulda. But uh, you know, it is amazing for all the guff and the guff that Gruden continues to take for getting rid of Amari Cooper. You know, we just watched him go light it up for the Cowboys, um, uh, and of course, for whatever reason, and we've talked about this, the media loves blowing that out of proportion. He finally has a good game, and everybody's like, "See, see that this is why you don't get rid of him. This is why he's one of the best players in the league." Blah blah blah. It's like he had one good game. Like, He's had two. Two, two. But still, amidst that game, uh, he had a pass, right? Hit him right in the numbers that he dropped. Yep. Um, uh, so this isn't, again, we go back to, is this, a, is this a $17, $18 million wide receiver? No, maybe, I don't think so. Maybe for the Cowboys he is. And that's yeah. what's interesting is uh, I've been looking all week um, at Twitter because that's what I do. That's kind of my contribution to the show is I – get tweets out there for Raider Nation and you know we do some polls and stuff but the big thing this week is ever since Amari Cooper was traded his numbers have have increased but yeah. Derek Carr's numbers have also increased so mm-hmm. perhaps and mayhaps I was there something going on there that we aren't uh, aware of um, yeah. or something like that I don't know but it, it's good to see that you know, Derek Carr is what he's doing without really what you would call a uh, fantasy relevant wide receiving core. Yeah. Like, nobody's there except for Jared Cook, who really is their wide, like their number one. 
in this offense. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's good to see him kind of getting back to slinging it. He had some big, big boy throws on Sunday, and we'll probably touch on a few of those. I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, but, yeah, man. I mean, great, great game Sunday. Uh, thank you to the X-Ray Machine for taking so long to get the results back to Big Ben for his injury. <laughs> and uh, good job for putting uh, Dobbs in there for us. We appreciate that. And I, I yeah. think it was kind of an arrogance move. But we got the win, and, uh, yeah, it's a great week. It it, it makes for a, a fantastic week when you can say, hey, we beat the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. And, again, I kind of – I was telling you that. Um, uh, that that's that's the kind of the big thing about this is, like, you know, beating beating the Falcons is like, you know – or not the Falcons beating beating the Cardinals, you know, was like okay, you know, so what? Whoop de doo. But beating the Steelers, you know, th- that's got some weight to it, and that's especially a team that's still, you know, they're contending for the playoffs. Man, they need every win that they can get, and um, uh, so that that is a big win for Oakland. Um, uh, so that just being able to to kind of revel in that, and and you touched on it, and before I guess I get into that too much, um, quickly poll we took a poll after the game and uh i just asked people um uh who was the defensive player of the game because i in my mind it was two players conley who had uh four four tackles two solos he also had two passes defended and held antonio brown to 35 total yards or uh daryl worley um uh who uh i'm sorry not worley whitehead whitehead who had 10 total tackles i believe he had four or five solos also had the interception, which was broken up by Conley. Yes, it was. Um, and, and what's, and do you remember what's unique about that interception, Micah? I, uh, I tweeted this out first turnover caused by a Raiders linebacker all year long, a wow. fumble, a sack fumble or anything like that. First one was an, an interception. Wow. Well, I, I, it was beautiful to see because, you know, we've seen so many interceptions slip through defenders' hands. And I don't know what it is with Oakland Raiders' defense, but it's like they need to go practice with the receivers a little bit. Because I, I swear, it's once every game. They, they there were two in this game this week. Uh, uh, and I just, it's like this team could be probably top three in, in takeaways, except they just, I swear, it's one or two a game. It's just, it goes right through their hands. And it's like, Good heavens! I mean, these are these are momentous points in a game. This is where you turn a game around. This is where you get back into it, et cetera, et cetera. But they just they 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 do the proverbial fumble the ball, no pun pun intended, on the defensive side, and it's super aggravating to watch. But we took the poll: who was the defensive player of the game? And uh, it was actually really close, right? For 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 a, for a lot of the ways, but we ended up getting, I think, it was 113 votes. Wow! Final 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 count was 65% said Conley, 35% said Whitehead. Obviously, both guys contributed greatly. But I gotta say, man, every week that goes by, this Conley Island man is starting to become a thing, and it is it is a mountain rising up out of the ocean. And this is truly starting to become an island because this dude is putting people on lockdown. And this isn't one or two weeks in a row. This is several weeks, several weeks worth of bodies of work that we're able to watch and process. And holding a guy like A.B., man, at 35 total receiving yards, that's impressive. 
That is super impressive. So yes, hats off to him. Hats off to, and, to Conley, uh, Worley, and Rashawn Melvin had a decent game as well. I yeah. went back and watched through the tape, and he had some good uh, coverage as well. And it's just interesting to me, like, why I'm, – I'm curious as to why they were – in both in the doghouse earlier this year and we we're starting like Leon Hall and I mean I, I don't get that one I guess yeah hindsight's always 2020 but it it seemed to me that uh Conley should have been out there the whole time uh you know what was beautiful Tyler on on when 21 seconds left and they performed that hook and ladder and Juju goes screaming down the sideline. And, you know, he beats, I believe, you know, Conley was there to pick up his man. But uh, then the ladder came, and, you know, he's playing catch-up. But you know who was back there to, to help make that play? I'll tell you who it wasn't. It, tell me who it wasn't first. I'd love to hear this. It wasn't Reggie Nelson, bless his heart. Dude, you know, you know for a fact, as well as I do, Old man Reggie Nelson would have been huffing and puffing behind that guy. And right now we'd be talking about a 28-24 Oakland Raider loss because our own man, the man who brings the hammer, Carl Joseph, was back there, man, and he put a stop to that play. He he ran Juju out of bounds. He was there. He was the blanket coverage. But I, is there any doubt in your mind, Tyler? Is there any doubt if, if Reggie Nelson was back there that he he would have been he would have been yards behind Conley, man. Are you kidding me? Juju would have been high stepping into the end zone. Yeah, I, tell me I'm wrong. No, I, you're not wrong at all. Because I I mean, not only is he kind of slow, he doesn't take the greatest angles, and yes, and uh, you know maybe perhaps the that is he used to be faster, so now his angles uh, don't work anymore. Uh, but that's beside the point. No, Carl Joseph is looking like a legitimate safety to stay here, and I sure hope he does. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, uh, you know, when Ben did come back in the game, yeah, sure, they drove down the field. But, I mean, that's happened every game with Oakland. I don't know what it is. That defense seems to love giving up that, that drive. And I don't know if it's the play calling or it's just the, you know, the soft coverage that they play. But it's just it's maddening to watch. But it doesn't matter. The end of the day, Carr drove the field, man, and and he was dropping dimes. He looked, he was he was making a hundred and twenty five million dollar quarterback throws out there, and yes, there's he was. just no ifs ands or buts about it. And you nope. know what? For 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 we we give people a hard time, man. We, we we don't hold back here, and we've given Seth Roberts his fair share of a hard time. But you know what? That man stepped up and he played some he played some wide receiver football when it counted. And that and that big catch in double coverage where Carr dropped a dime to yes. him on that final drive was a thing of beauty on both ends. And so hats off to both of those guys for putting that drive together. And again, Carr, dude, I mean Carr looking like these last few weeks, looking like twenty sixteen Carr, man. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And, and like you said, it makes me wonder, you know, was it just maybe there's more there with Cooper that we don't know about? I mean, we're definitely never going to hear that from Carr. Um, but you just don't know what the attitudes are like, the, you know, the, the vibe that's going on in there. And so if you got a guy like Cooper that feels like his time's done or whatever, and, and you got a guy like Carr fighting that negativity constantly, because we all know Carr. I mean, sometimes to his detriment, he just doesn't seem to like to get on to people. He shoulders the load every time and, and uh, uh, you know, doesn't like to speak bad about people. But but uh, I think that's not good in all cases. 
But uh, I tell you what, this just seems like a totally different Oakland Raider team, even with guys like Derek Carrier catching game-winning touchdown passes. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Carr got right in uh, Marcel Aitman's face. Uh, Aitman had... I don't remember if he if he ran the wrong route. There was something that he he was pretty open and he he missed the pass. I, I don't I can't remember. Uh, it was sometime uh-huh. in the third quarter, but he went over and just got right up in his grill and lit him up. So you know that's good. Sometimes you gotta you gotta light some people up, call them out, and then he went and dropped a dime to Aitman. And Aitman, I mean, yep. that was a big boy throw. He had big boy throws all day long in that game. So you know. It, it does feel good to see him, you know, maybe he's just gotten more comfortable in the pocket. Um, yep. I, I don't know, but you know, he, he looks different these past at least three games. I know he hasn't thrown yeah. an interception in what eight games now. I don't want to jinx it, but like 200 and it's been a while. 263 consecutive passes right now without an interception. Um, yeah. and that's, that's great. You know, he can, it's nice to see him cut down on the, you know, on the, the, those types of uh, turnovers. What sucks is sometimes his ball security is, is questionable to me. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we saw that kind of that fumble uh, in the red zone that was kind of yeah. looked like a forward pass, but wasn't and. Anyway, it shouldn't have been anything, you know. I mean, there was nobody around him. It was just really a duck play. Yeah, it was like what in the world was that? Yeah, it just kind of slipped know? out of his hand. I think it. There wasn't anybody yeah. around him. He goes to throw, and it just falls out of his hand. One of those uh, Raiders being Raiders type of scenarios. Yeah. Um, and so, but you know, it's good to see him back. It's good. I hope that this continues. This trend continues. Whether it's him getting more comfortable in Gruden's system or him, like, I think you said it, he's just getting comfortable with all hell breaking loose. Like, you know, just yeah. like he can, and sorry, f- friends and family. Um, but that's what it kind of seems like when everything is breaking down around him. Uh, he just seems to be able to not panic as much as he was panicking during like the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, man, uh, it feels so good. Three and ten. Sure, we hurt our draft prospects, but you know, I don't care. So did you the know, Bears, and so did the Cowboys. So we yeah, might as well I, join I mean, them. The way all that's going, we may as well just you know kind of toss that all out the window and uh, put our faith in Gruden being able to draft. Um, so, with that being said, though, we're gonna get in on that draft a little bit. We got a couple calls this week, I believe, Tyler. Am I correct in that? Yes, we do. We've. Uh, We've got our regular listen listener, Mr. James Superman uh, Burton. He's been a awesome. busy he's been a busy guy, it sounds like. And then uh, we've got uh, Courtney Birch, who poses a very interesting question that I think probably we should put a poll up uh, on Facebook for and see what the rest of Raider Nation thinks. But we'll get our thoughts on those calls right after this. Let's do it. Hey, Tyler and Micah. This is James Burton catching up with y'all this week. Didn't get a chance to give you a call last week, and it's been one of one of those weeks that happens sometimes in my line of work. But, hey, man, watch the game today, and, you know, I'm celebrating like y'all are, I'm sure. It's good to see the Raiders get a win. And a couple of things that, that I was happy to see was Carr continuing, in my opinion, 
uh, to look more confident. He made a couple of nice throws down the field. He stepped up in the pocket. He seems like he's more comfortable in the offense now. I, I, I hope that is uh, the trend in which he's heading. It looks like it is. The last two touchdowns, I love the plays. They were nice, creative little plays that looked like totally fooled the Steelers on both of them. Uh, the first touchdown to Lee Smith and then the second touchdown to Derek Carrier, you know, just wide open and kind of made me go, okay, now that's the Gruden football IQ that we we once knew finally coming to light here. And and I have to say on defense, uh, wow, Gary on Conley continues to play well. Linebackers made some plays. Mark L. Lee stopping Darius Haywood Bay on the jet sweep early in the game. And then Tahir Whitehead with the interception, key interception later in the game. The defense actually making plays. Of course, they, they, they seemed to fold there at the end when they gave up that, that long drive when Ben came back in when he was six for six. And then the hook and ladder play, I thought they were going to blow the game right there. But we have some signs. We have signs of life. And we got to win. So keeping it positive, man, keeping it positive. Um, if, I, if I didn't answer a question or a poll you were taking this week, it's because I, I still, I have to admit, I did not even get a chance to listen to your show last week. I'm going to get called up hopefully this week. But I did want to get a call in while the game was fresh on my mind and hoping to hear you guys on the podcast soon. Y'all, y'all keep it up. Hope you're in, you're enjoying it. I enjoy listening to you. So God bless you guys. Talk to you next time. Mike and Tyler, happy Victory Monday. Doesn't get better starting out your birthday with a W. Hey, got a question for you guys to debate. Looking forward to the draft. It's looking more and more like the Cowboys and the Bears are not going to lose. Draft scenario here for you. Do you, if, the Bears and the Cowboys picks are late in the first round. Do you trade one of those picks from either the Cowboys or the Bears and try and move back up into the top 15? Or do you keep them and try and get two more impact players later in the first round? Debate that for me, fellas. Later Nation. All right, guys. Thanks so much for calling in. You know, to James' point, um, you know, and he kind of was talking about a little bit what we were talking about, Carr looking more comfortable. Um, And then, again, dialing up some of these plays, you know, we've got a lot of, it feels like no names, you know, on offense, who he's thrown to. But, you know, Derek Carrier, Lee Smith, that creativity, he brings up a good point there. That's that's what we've been looking for. That's what we've been, you know, what Raider Nation's been wanting out of Gruden. And we've really started to see it. And Lee Smith now, man, two weeks in a row. Two weeks. The big bearded fella. Yes. Getting himself some in the red zone. And I love that. And, and I love watching, for whatever reason, I love watching him catch I do ball. too. It's just, can I comment on that as well? When he catches yeah. both of those touchdowns, he bobbles the ball first. Do you think he does that on purpose to just like have our hearts in our throats? Like, oh, please don't drop that. But the last two weeks, if you go back and watch those replays, the first one he's wide open and he bobbles it and then re-catches it. And then this week, same thing, off those fingertips, and then he catches it. You're like, no, yes. Yeah, it's almost like he's like softens the catch up for himself or something like that. <laughs> something. Yeah, you now it's I like he hot potatoes it to himself. 
but I, I mean, just beautiful over the shoulder grabs, beautiful throws. And then Carr, you know, with, with ice in his veins, being able to deliver really a bullet right to the young man carrier. And for him to not let the moment get too big, be able to make that catch right in his gut too. Those could be difficult, man. When you're catching right in where the pads are and everything, that can be a difficult catch. And I know from experience. But he was able to get his hands on the ball. Beautifully designed play. A little rub route by the receiver to be able to get carrier that the position to get open. And uh, uh, just really well-designed play. So, so again, James Burton... Thanks so much for the call and a good point. I mean, we're we're seeing some of that creativity and and it's starting. I feel like we're starting to see a quarterback and a, an offense as a whole starting to get more comfortable in this system, and and that's really fun to watch. It is, and um, it's and it's interesting. Uh, Vic Tafer had a tweet today, just going right to that point. He said Gruden said he had a meeting with Carr a while back when he thought he might be inhibiting the quarterback. Uh, this is Gruden, quote, free yourself from me, go play, trust your instincts, close quote. So, um, interesting. you know, maybe it was just like, well, what does coach want me to do versus what I want to do? I don't yeah. think Gruden cares. I think he just wants to see the car that they're paying $25 million a year for, the Ferrari, yep. if you will, and just letting it loose and playing. And the last few games, he has been doing that. And like I said yep. before, I don't know if it's, comfortability in the pocket comfortability comfortability in the uh, offensive scheme what it is but you know something has changed and I I am glad it has yeah yeah and it's it's looking good like I said a team with a little more talent would have closed out against both the Chiefs and the Ravens and all of a sudden Oakland would be on a three-game winning streak and it wouldn't be enough for the playoffs but it'd have people talking and it would have people going well now maybe Maybe we've been ragging on, you know, Gruden and company a little too much. And it's going to be interesting to see because down the stretch, you know, we got the Bengals this week. Then we have uh, um, Denver, Christmas Eve, and then uh, Kansas City, who will probably be resting all their players. Um, It'll be interesting to see what Oakland does with these last three games. Honestly, man, and I know maybe Raider Nation doesn't want to hear this, but I could see, I could see Oakland. I know we have trouble in the East, so traveling back to Cincinnati, that could be tough, but... They've got an inexperienced quarterback back there. That's, you know, they're kind of similar situation like when the Steelers put in Dobbs, uh, you know, at quarterback. I could I could very easily see a road to where Oakland wins three, three in a row, ends the season on a four-game win streak. Is that, a, you know, is that more anything than just maybe a moral victory? Maybe, but for the Raider Nation that's following, that definitely says something about the coaching staff and, and what Oakland has as a foundation going forward and being able to build off of that. Um, and I'm talking so much because I'm kind of getting diff- – I, I, I'm putting off this difficult question that our friend, our good friend, Birch, has posed happy to us. Happy birthday. Yes, big happy birthday to Courtney. Isn't he – is he 50 now? Yeah, is close to 55? that. Uh, close to 50. Yeah. Dude, half a century year old. Um, <laughs> I've given him a hard time, dude. <laughs> Forgive me, but, but – Birch, thanks so much, man. We always appreciate. And for those of you who don't know, Birch is behind the scenes. He's always coming up with content for the program. He keeps us on our toes and uh, always reminds us to keep it family friendly. Yes. Because uh, that's what you'll always get here on the Behind the iPads podcast. We do not get into politics, and we don't. Uh, we, we always like to keep it family friendly. And, and, and Birch, when we start to veer off in those directions, 
uh, usually brings the hammer down. Yes. And uh, with a uh, watch your mouth or uh, also a know your role and shut your mouth. Yes. Usually in GIF or meme form. Exactly. So always uh, the most uh, uh, fun in a GIF form. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so Tyler, man, and I, I have my own thoughts on this and I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll on this question, but what do you think about trading that pick moving up in the draft? What is your take on that? You know, here's what I would say, and I'm probably going to take flack from this, but what players do we really ever pick up in late rounds? If we were to say move uh, up for maybe like the Cowboys right now, they're sitting at the 24th pick. If we were to say trade that and perhaps a fifth or later round pick to move back up into the mid rounds and select a Devin White, maybe I'm all for it. I'm I'm down for that. Uh, But if it's going to take like a first and a second or a first and a third or a first and maybe I would maybe even take a fourth. Uh, I, I would cut it off at a third. If it takes like a first and a third to move up 10 spots to grab a guy, I'm saying no. But if it's like a fourth round, fifth round, or later, I'm like, yeah, throw in a seventh rounder and a sixth rounder. I don't care because in the Mm -hmm. sixth round, I am not going to get somebody like a a Devin White. We've tried that. We've tried uh, uh, Corey James. We've tried Markel Lee. We need somebody to man the middle of that defense. And to me, that's worth it. it. It's you know that has worth uh, trading yeah. up. Now, if there's yeah. somebody that you that's not there, or you know, I I don't want to see him like trade up and take an offensive tackle. Like this has to be an impact player because you still have another first round pick, right? I mean, you've got yeah. you've got you'd still have three first round picks. Basically, you're giving up like a fifth or later or maybe a fifth and a seventh. And I'm like, heck yeah, those picks hardly ever pan out anyways, except for Mr. Marcel Aitman this year, who as a seventh round draft pick has kind of panned out. But more Mm -hmm. often than not, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for that. You want a, a first, a sixth and a seventh? I'll send you that in a heartbeat and I'll go take somebody that will that can impact uh, what I'm wanting to do. I think yep, you probably yep. have a different opinion, but that's mine. No, and I like that because it really does depend on, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm willing to give you know, my later first round and a fifth round pick away if that means I can move up. Right now, Oakland sits at 325 and 26 in the first round as far as picks go. So if I can trade my 25th overall pick and a fourth round pick to move up to spot number 13 or 12, you know what? Maybe that's worth it, depending on who we get with that third overall pick. Um, but my take is, honestly, our needs are so varied that I'm looking right now here on CBSSports.com. Uh, and as the 25th of 26 overall picks, they've got us taking Marquise Brown, wide receiver from Oklahoma, and Mac Wilson, linebacker from Alabama. I'm fine with both of those. You know who else is available? Uh, Cleland Farrell, defensive end from Clemson. Also, Devin Bush, linebacker from Michigan. I would be fine with 
any of those picks. Uh, Devin Bush, Mac Wilson. You know, I know we've we've talked about White from LSU, the linebacker that we hope Oakland goes after. But honestly, you know, at the end of the day, who's that uh, wide receiver? Be, uh, Marquise Brown. Oh, Marquise from Oklahoma. Brown. Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, he's actually Antonio Brown's cousin, if you didn't know that. Oh, I did um, not know that. Uh, See, that's yeah, what we so, do on so, this podcast. We drop knowledge. Yeah, knowledge bombs for you. So, so to me, you know, if you could move up to, you know, the 12th pick or the 10th pick, because let's say, I don't know, um, I, I just don't know who, who would be sitting there that, that would be worth moving up if you like I said if you could trade those kinds of late round picks if there's a um you know maybe greedy Williams is sitting there maybe. at number 14 yeah and you're like well pair greedy Williams with Conley yeah and Carl Joseph and pick us up another safety like maybe say Thompson I like from that. Alabama then all of a sudden our defense at least on the back end is looking pretty dang good you know so then ah maybe you could maybe you could do that but I just I, I almost like that back-to-back pick. Obviously, we've got three weeks left. Probably won't stay that way. Um, but uh, uh, for me, like I said, I'm, I'm with you on that. It depends on what you want and how far up we can move. If we can only move up six, seven spots, then I'm going to go, uh, you know, nah, just keep with what we've got. But if, like I said, if we're going to move from 25 to 12 and pick up a greedy Williams, you know, an immediate impact player, a guy that could potentially – shut down the other side of the field and and turn this defense into something super stingy then i then i'm 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 open i'm all ears for that so so they have birch man they have Cle- they have cleland farrell as still being Dude. available at those late picks you you know where they've got him going no. right now second round they've got him yeah no they've got him at 29th overall to the new england patriots oh please don't let that happen I just don't see that happening. I think he. I think Farrell's probably a top twelve pick in my opinion, just because there aren't a lot of defensive ends in this draft. I feel like that are top tier. Yeah, um, I agree. And, now, and to him being top tier, I think you could make a case for pushing it. But after Nick Bosa, I mean, I like him. I I think I like him over the uh, Kentucky defensive end. What's his name? Um, uh, oh shoot! Let me. Uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I yeah. think I like him over Josh Allen, and uh, uh, I like him over who's the other guy here? Uh, Brian Burns, the from Florida State. Um, uh, I like him over both those guys. So I I, I th- easily think uh, he'll be a top ten, top twelve pick. So twenty nine. I don't know about that, but we'll see. We'll see. But and that's uh, and it all comes more... down to testing too. I mean, this will become yeah. much more clear uh, in months to come, but. We always like to guess the future. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, what 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 better? I mean, well, look at you, Tyler. You you like looking at your crystal ball and, and plucking out, say, Skip you know, around the room. Scores. Skip around the room. Okay, that's enough. You're gonna you, hurt yeah, yourself. Yeah, take another victory lap for yourself there. So, but dude, you know, while we're on the draft, do you want to? Let's throw down a mock draft. You want to do first three rounds? Yeah. Are you down for I'm that? I'm down for that. We mentioned this last week, and then and then I'm going to pose to you our our over underrated question of the week after this. So Ooh, be, be ready. This is a good one, Raider Nation. You keep yeah. tuned. Stay tuned because you're going to want to hear this, and it's in the spirit of the Christmas season. That's the other thing on the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Um, 
uh, and Tyler, I hope you're okay with this, but I'm going to say Merry Christmas. I'm not going to go for the happy holidays or season's greetings. That's fine. But uh, I am I am all about the Merry Christmas jazz. I, I don't care what anybody else says. I, if that offends you, maybe this isn't the best podcast for you to be listening to. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I am all about Merry Christmas. And, I'm about and Merry Christmas and a Happy is. New Year. And a Happy New Year, indeed. Yep. So, dude, we're gonna we're gonna do let's do first three rounds then mock draft this bad boy, and uh, obviously we do this through fan speak. You guys can do this too. Listeners, you can jump on and do this, uh, and it's just it's just basically a mock draft simulator. They update it every week with the rankings and everything. I put my difficulty on difficult uh, because I just want to see you know what the best scenario would be out there um, and what you know what's going to be more realistic. And there are all kinds of different uh, ways you can pick through you know different different uh, analysts, big boards, and who they have, and you know their ranking as a player so it's a really fun little tool to play around with especially when your team is you know three and ten and no shot at the playoffs uh and you've got you know a load of draft picks coming up um so tyler are you ready to do this thing i'm ready all right let's see here it's, it's telling me let the draft begin we're loading this bad boy up and let's get underway if my internet will allow me all right we're on the board. Uh, simulator's running. Looks like they've got Oakland at the third overall pick. Now, this is interesting. I don't know about you, man, but they've got Nick Bosa still on the board at the third overall pick. And I don't... That would surprise the heck out of me. Um, but this guy is... Again, they do all these different... The analysts pick, you know, based on need. And as the season goes on, you know, who they think teams are going to pick. Like I said, based on need and everything like that. So, obviously, if something kooky happens and Nick Bose is on the board, well, I'm going to take him. And I, I, that'll be a big pickup for Oakland uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the day. So, I'm going to go Nick Bosa, man. I'm going to pick him up. All right. Mine is um, acting funky. So hold on just one second. I'm okay. picking as the Oakland Raiders going to three rounds. It was just simulating the whole draft. Uh, oh. So I didn't get to pick. I was a little well, frustrated. Well, kind of takes the fun out of yeah, it. I was a little fr- flustered <laughs> with that. Give me just one second. I'm uh, coming up here. Steve Fan speak. You put it on difficult or classic? I did it difficult, okay. man. I feel like it's the best. It gives me the best... Uh, you know, uh, just for for, uh, it's going to be difficult. Okay. You know, I don't don't give me something easy. It's like it's like jumping on Madden and playing on rookie. You know, it's like well that doesn't do you any good. So I want it like the most real life as I can. Okay. I am caught up. So first pick Niners Nick Boza. Uh, second pick Arizona Cardinals uh, Quinn and Williams. Okay. Um, so on my big board, I have Ed Oliver. I have Greedy Williams, Justin Herbert, Rashawn Gary, Christian Wilkins. Um, you know, I'm just going to go here. Best player available. I don't want to pick a cornerback at third overall. So I'm going to take Ed Oliver. Out of Houston, that's going to be my really? pick. Yep. A- any concerns about the knee or or even uh, um, 
you know, you know, we we saw him blow up on some coaches here a couple weeks back. Any concerns with that? Or do you still no. as a best player available kind of a thing? I, I think as just the best player available, I think he's going to test very well. I have seen uh, maybe some questionable or some problems. People wondering if he can rush the quarterback. Um, uh-huh. High side is obviously like. I don't know who I don't know who his high side is. You'd hope it'd be like Aaron Donald if you uh-huh. take him over thir- third overall, but yeah, that was that was all I had. So for for the sake of I and I restarted my draft because I just I honestly at the third overall pick, I highly highly doubt that Nick Bosa is still going to be there. So I'm going to restart my I do have Greedy Williams sitting here, and if I'm the Oakland Raiders GM, it's either Ed Oliver or Greedy Williams. Um, and I'm going to go Greedy Williams. I actually like the idea of having a couple of lockdown corners on the Oakland Raiders team. Conley, like I said, now coming out playing big, big ball like we thought he could. And, and, and pairing Greedy Williams on the other side of the field, man, that could that'd be lethal for years to come heading into Vegas. So my first overall pick then is Greedy Williams. Who do you have next? Who are you taking off the board? Um, at pick... Let's see. I'll just I'm just gonna go through like so uh Josh let's see, Raekwon Davis is gone, Josh Allen is gone, Greedy Williams is gone, uh Cleveland Farrell is gone, and lo and behold, Devin White goes at number twenty three. <laughs> so Oh no my uh want for a middle linebacker has been delayed uh, on my board, I've got DK Metcalf, uh, Jaquan Johnson, Deontay Thompson, uh, Nikhil Harry is still there. Um, nice. Brian Burns is still there, the the edge rusher out of Florida State that you mentioned. Also, yeah. Montez Sweat, or is it Sweet? I think it's Sweet. Okay, he's still there from Mississippi State. He's also an edge rusher. I have okay. a plan, though. I want to take Deontay Thompson from Alabama. Nice. I'm going to do that. Awesome. Awesome. In my draft, I've still got Noah Font from Iowa. And I've still got Devin White sitting there. And, and again, I don't know the likelihood of that. Um, so with mine, gosh, that, that's tough because I just I don't see Devin White still being there um, with the 20, 24th overall pick here. Um, so I'm going to go with something that I think was going to be a little bit more likely. And I'm going to go along your same vein, man. Safety, Deontay Thompson. It's a need for Oakland. And I would love, uh, I would love that pairing with Greedy Williams. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that because I'm going to go ahead and pick up my edge rusher later. So I'm going to go Deontay Thompson, safety, Alabama. All right. All right. So we're back right back on the clock with the, the 26th overall pick they have on this one. So, Tyler, who you got? Who you got for the 26th overall pick? Fant is there. Metcalf is still there. Basically all the same people that I just said. Um, Jackie Polite, uh, edge rusher, went to Seattle just before my pick. Okay. Um, this is tough. This is rough. Um, I am going to take, mm, shoot, 
this is tough, it's man. Difficult, it is. isn't it? This is tough because I don't really know a whole lot about. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that I'm a, a draft guru. I hear some things and I I read some things and I. But here's what I'm gonna do. I am going to take. Uh, I'm gonna take Montez Sweat, Sweet, the edge rusher out of Mississippi State. I like it. I like it. With mine, you know, again, it depends on free agency. But let's pretend we're still looking for an edge rusher in the free agency. You know, I've got a couple big edge guys here. I've got Zach Allen from Boston College. I also have Brian Burns from Florida State. Um, So if I'm the Raiders, you know, I have A.J. Brown sitting here, though, wide receiver from Mississippi. So as the Oakland Raiders GM, I'm going to get Carr another. Ooh, but I've got some other. I've got J.J. Whiteside from Stanford still on the board. Um, and let's see, is Brown still on the board? Yeah, he is. So I'm going to I'm gonna cool my jets. I'm going to pick up Brown later. I'm going to go ahead and get Brian Burns from Florida State, the edge rusher, and uh, and add him to uh, to the lineup here for the Oakland Raiders to help them on the defensive, uh, you know, on the, on, in the trenches on the defense. So first, first round pick for the first round, I've got Greedy Williams, cornerback, LSU, safety Deontay Thompson from Alabama, and edge rusher Brian Burns from Florida State in my first round. That sounds good. I've got defensive lineman Ed Oliver out of Houston, safety Deontay Thompson from Alabama, and edge rusher Montez Sweet from Mississippi State. So fairly nice, similar. Nice. Yeah. So as we move into the second round then, um, this is interesting because they've still got, let's see, when my pick comes up, they've still got Devin White on the board. And I just, I don't, I honestly do not believe that that's going to happen. So I'm going to go, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go edge again. I'm going to pick up Mac Wilson, edge from Alabama. Cause I just love players from Alabama because man, they're proven on field talent and and I love that. And a lot of guys from Alabama, man. And I mean, maybe not Amari Cooper, but uh, that, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to add another <laughs> edge player there because the Raiders need it. Because you know what, Key Key did have himself a, stri- a strip fumble there. I don't care what the refs say. That was an excellent play, but he's still got to develop. And there's still a lot of question marks surrounded Key. And uh, picking up a couple edge players for Oakland in the draft and or free agency, I think would would uh, be a smart move. Who do you have in the second round? Um, so DK Metcalf went at the top of the second, and DeAndre Baker, cornerback, went at the top of the second. I've got A.J. Brown still sitting there. I've got Brian Burns, Nikhil Harry still sitting there, um, wow. Mac Wilson still sitting there, and I've got Marquise Brown that's down there as well. Um, yeah. so, you know what, I am going to, oh man, you know what, I'm going to take, we could use another edge rusher, but we could also use a wide receiver. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of maybe, I don't want to reach though. I do not want to reach, um, do you think Marquise Brown at this point is a reach? 
you know what what's what's the deal with his injury? Was that really big in that last game, or is he is he pretty okay? You know, you I don't. I haven't heard anything about him being injured at all. As a matter of fact, that's news to me. Now, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they, he had to come out of the game um, uh, versus who was it when they played Texas? Because um, I thought he had an ankle injury that he sustained in that game, and out. And I'm I'm pretty pretty sure that happened. Um, so uh, we need to look that up and, and see yes, what. Yes, we do. And I need to do. Clear. I need to do more research, though. I, I'm sure there's somebody out here that's like, "Oh, Kendall Sheffield from Ohio State's a can't miss prospect." <laughs> I know, and I'm right? just like, "Oh, I don't even know who that is." Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. Um, I'm just gonna do. It. I'm gonna go Marquise Brown, Oklahoma. There you go. I like it. And it, interestingly enough, he's actually off my board now. They have him taken. In fact, when did he go? He was, uh, uh, okay, he was right at the top. He was the 52nd uh, round two pick 20. Um, so that's interesting that he's gone. So right now, man, this is tough because there are, you know who I'm going to take? Uh, and maybe it's a little bit of a reach. Now, is this in but, your third round or is this in your second round? Sorry, I'm moving on to the third. Oh, okay. Are you into the third yet? Um, I... I am now. Okay. I'm going to go with little Jordan Humphrey, a wide receiver from Texas. And I've watched, got to watch him play. The dude's got some solid hands. He's a, he's kind of the go-to man there in Texas, um, uh, along with Colin Johnson. But I'm going to go, uh, might be a little bit of a reach, but I just, I like the guy's play. And I've watched him in a couple games now. And, um, uh, I don't know. I, I I I really can't put a finger on it. But he's just he's got that it factor. He he's 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 got. Uh, I, I I just like I said. He he's he can the dude can make some plays. And I think that he he paired up with uh, with Derek Carr. I like that pick in the fourth round. Obviously, I'm sorry in the third round. Third round is you start getting kind of into a toss up a little bit when the, you know in the third round of the draft. So I'm gonna go with little Jordan Humphrey. Wide receiver from Texas. Who do you got? Oh, I'm trying to decide if I if I want to address the linebacker position or if I want to address the running back position. Mm. And I also like Taylor Rapp, a safety out of Washington. He's yes, I like. I him. saw him there. Um. And I like Dakota Allen out of Texas Tech. Now, anybody that watches this, I'm going to – don't watch this show with your kids. Uh, it's not a good uh, role model show, but Last Chance You. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Micah. Um, I haven't. It's it's about kids that get in trouble. They transfer to a JUCO. It's EM, uh, like Eastern, East Mississippi Community College. It's been like a JUCO powerhouse for a while. And there's a player okay. from Texas Tech, Dakota Allen, at the linebacker position that was actually on that show. And I, I think he's kind of a good redeeming story of changing his life around. Uh, that's kind of beyond the point. I'm just saying that because I needed more time. I think what I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to take Bryce Love out of Stanford the running back in, I with, like it. in the third round. That's a solid pick. I like that. 
I'm liking your draft more than mine right now. I, I think I, I'm, I'm regretting a little bit the Brian Burns pick. I don't know too much about that. Um, yeah, I think actually I, I like Mac Wilson over that. But for, for the mock simulator, I'll kick this off. For, for the first three rounds, this is how you'd be lined up with me as the GM. You'd have cornerback Greedy Williams from LSU, safety Deontay Thompson from Alabama, edge rusher Brian Burns from Florida State, also another edge rusher, Mac Wilson from Alabama, and wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey from Texas. If the first three rounds, if I were the GM, according to this draft. Tyler, who do you got for yours? Uh, fairly similar, except I took Ed Oliver at pick three. Uh, I took Deontay Thompson, just like you did at pick 24. I took Montez Sweat Sweet. I'm got, I've got to figure that out. That's going to drive me yeah, nuts. Yeah, I do too. Um, and then, and that was your first round. So all three defensive players. Then I went out and got the speedster wide receiver Marquise Brown out of Oklahoma. And then I picked up Bryce Love uh, in the third round at pick three from Stanford. So three, three defensive picks, two offensive picks, a wide receiver, and a running back for the offense. That's a really you have a really balanced attack there, and I feel like every one of those players can step in and be immediate impact players. You know, Love on offense, um, Brown obviously on offense as well. I love that pick. I would really love to see Oakland if we could snag Brown in the top of the third round. I feel like that would be like the perfect positioning because yeah. there are a few other players above him that I'd rather see Oakland grab. And if he's there in the third, I think that's if you could snag him in the third round, I think you're getting, you know, potentially with the kind of career that I think he could have with Derek Carr, you're getting, you know, a, a you know, a top, you know, a, a first round pick there in the third round. So those are our picks. Man, that was fun. We'll have to do it again. I, yeah. I like this as it continues to change and evolve. Like I said, you know, by the end of it, Oakland will probably have the, you know, ninth overall pick in the draft because we'll win out. You know, we'll sit at six and ten and, you know, and it'll be like, well, all that shot. But we'll just keep working it as it goes. And it's fun to throw some names out there and for people to be able to listen and then to start kind of dialing it up, you know, especially as as the college bowl season comes along. I know some of those guys aren't going to their bowls, but, you know, especially some of the big players, you know, like in Alabama, you know, the Cleo Farrell from uh, 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 Clemson, you know. Stay tuned to those guys, especially when bull season comes around. See, see, uh, you know, keep an eye on them and, and and watch out for that, especially as the draft comes around in April. So, Tyler, I think it's time for us to get down to serious business uh, this week, which is this week's question of the week. And last week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with Hema, if you list, didn't listen to that podcast, go back and listen to last week's podcast. We also had a killer question for last week for him. I caught him off guard. Um, but, but he it was handled it like a champ. Yeah, he did. He really stepped up to the plate and uh, and knocked it out of the park. We did top three Christmas albums. So I think in honor of that, I'm going to narrow it down even more, Tyler. And I'm going to go... I'm gonna, I, I want three... I'm not going to do over and underrated. I want top three overrated Christmas songs... 
And they can't be obscure Christmas songs. It can't be like, wait, what? I'm talking about ones when you turn on the radio. You know, you have like a 1 in 12 chance of listening to kind of a thing, you know? Because they have the same, I don't know, maybe 24 songs that I swear they play, <laughs> you know, over and over again. So we need some I new want ones. you th- three overrated, three overrated Christmas songs that come on. That When they come on, you're like, ah. Change the channel. Why? Why? I, how is this even a Christmas song? You know, kind of a deal. Are Are you ready for this? Have I swipe swiped you? Are you Are you? No, I'm ready. ready. To step up to the plate with this. I am okay, ready. Hit me. Okay. Hit me with it. Coming in at number three, the song "Mistletoe" by Justin Bieber. Who's okay? Who's Justice Bieber? <laughs> now is that one that's? I don't. I don't know if I've heard that. Is that pretty popular? It's, yeah, I mean, in my household, it's fairly popular because my wife really likes it, uh, but I don't. I don't like that okay. song very much. Um, coming in at number two is Blue Christmas by Elvis. I don't like it. I think okay. it's repetitive and redundant, and it's just not my favorite Christmas song. Coming in at number one, and the one that makes me just like, okay, turn it off, or turn the channel, or I'm going to claw somebody's eyes out. That's how <laughs> that's how angry this song makes me. And, and it shouldn't, because it's about war being over, apparently. But it just makes me want to claw my eyes out. Uh, it's by Yo- John Lennon and Yoko Ono. It's called Happy Xmas, in parentheses, War is Over. War is over. And I hate that song so much. (laughs) There you go, Raider Nation. You know what my singing voice sounds like now. You're welcome. I love it. I love it. Now, for my top three, surprisingly, we only, only both picked one together. So that's good. But for the number three, it has to be has to be Blue Christmas because any way you sing that song is sad. And when it's Christmas time, I don't like to be sad. So it's like whether it's Elvis singing it or Mariah Carey or whoever, it's it's a sad, somber song. And it's like, no, you're, I'm supposed to be shaking that vibe during Christmas time. You know, I'm supposed to, it's supposed to be lighthearted and, and cheery. And so Blue Christmas, just the song itself comes in at number three for me as overrated. Number two, I don't even know the name of it, dude, but it's that Snoopy and the Red Baron Christmas song where he's Snoopy's flying around or whatever, and 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 all, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm, it's like I think uh, you might have to sing it for us. It's like it's like uh, and Snoopy, our hero, he gave up the ghost or something like that. You know, it, it and 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 they 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 try to throw in a little like German accent. In the end, like, season's greetings, my friend. And, you know, Christmas time is almost here. Oh. You know, ringing through the land. Whatever. I don't even know the words to it. But it's just like, this isn't a Christmas song. Like, where, where did this even come from? This isn't Christmas. Like, it's Snoopy. And I understand you got Snoopy Christmas, Snoopy Thanksgiving. That's fine. But, like, this song, what? No, get this out. Let Snoopy have his day on the movie. And, and let's leave it at that. But Snoopy flying around, not getting shot by the Red Baron because it's they hear the Christmas bells ringing below. Like, uh, sorry, that's not real life. You know, if he's got Snoopy in his sights, I'm sorry, but Snoopy's going down. And, and <laughs> if we've learned anything from that, 
they, I mean, they were pretty ruthless. So let's let's not pretend here. So sorry, Snoopy, that that doesn't happen. Um, so that's my number two overrated song. Number one, dude, and and you want to talk about repetitive? It's that dadgum run run Rudolph song. Oh, uh, Santa's got to make it to town. Wow, you Raider know? Nation, and it's like you the, got two songs out of Micah. You should feel yeah. blessed. This evening. Oh my gosh, dude! And it, it's it's this. You want to talk about repetitive? You put that thing on blast in your vehicle, and they're trying to go for that whole like, what what was that like that seventies or eighties like low key rock and roll or whatever you know with the with the guitar solos in there and stuff. And it's just it's terrible. It is terrible. As yeah, as Charles Barkley said, it's just terrible, just terrible, and and it really is. That's my number one overrated song. Every time it comes on, my if the faster my fat finger can hit the dial, the better. <laughs> because it, it, I just, uh, it, well, I'd rather listen to Blue Christmas than that song. I'd rather listen to the Snoopy song than that song because it is just uh, it, it, Santa. He, he can take the freeway down. It, it's a really sloppy song put together and when you have to repeat the chorus like six times you know throughout the song you know you, you haven't hit gold like if, if that's what you've done as an artist then and there's no more body to the song than run run rudolph santa's gotta make it to town um i don't care what kind of tune you have to that you know after the 18th time you've sung that that chorus in a in a song in a three minute period you know that's never good. That there's no there's no artistry going on. You you have you've <laughs> lost me. So so quit while you're behind. Cut your losses and get out of there. Yep. So anyway, amen. Overrated. That's my number one overrated song of the year. Oh good. I'm sure we'll probably have to continue. We'll have to come back and visit this. You know, at the weeks leading up to Christmas here, we still got a couple weeks. And if any other ones come on that we think about, well, we'll we were going to talk about like our favorite or maybe least favorite treats of the yuletide joy Ooh, so so how will that can we fit that in next week then do i need to scribble that down i think you should for next week's podcast yeah okay let's do it I, I, i'm right i'm i'm sticky noting myself um least over and underrated christmas treats okay uh, for for the December over season. and so, underrated Let's do both, because I think there are both over and underrated. I, I can think of a couple underrated Christmas treats that, that uh, get a bad rap, I feel like. So, Ooh. Uh, so let's do it. And we can pick two. You can also throw in a, you know, a, a, a honorable mention if All you right. want, if, if you so desire. But So put your brain to that this next week, Tyler. And you too, Raider Nation. Put your brain to it. Because, you know, I think this, this might be poll worthy. We might have to sneak a poll out there yep. for this one. And uh, and find out what the nation thinks. So, Tyler, and what number now can that we've they gotten, reach us at if they want they to do can, that? If you want to get on the podcast, like James Burton, like Courtney Birch, um, like my sister, you can give us a call. Like your sister, she man. didn't call in this uh, week. I'm a little lost. We, yeah, a little disappointed there. Um, uh, so, two zero eight five five seven nine seven seven one is the phone number to reach us at. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it back on the podcast like we did with Tyler's sister's phone call of, I don't know, like four months ago. Um, James Burton, Birch, we appreciate you guys giving us a call. But guys, hit us up. Again, number's 208-557-9771. Leave us a voicemail. Try to keep it around a minute for a podcast's sake, and we'd love to hear from you. And we love playing it back and 
We love the hard-hitting questions like Birchman this week. Yeah. Coming at us with the with the draft trade pick. And I that that I can guarantee you that's gonna end up as a poll on both the Facebook and the Twitter page. So Raider Nation, we'd love for you to be part of this. Get in on, on it with us. Um, I'm tired of doing all the work, man. I need somebody else to come in here and come hit me with some big ideas. And and Tyler, I know you're tired of of just like answering all my all my questions, like you know your over and underrated songs. So we'd love to hear from Raider Nation <laughs> and get get their content in here as well. So if you'd love to be on the show, give us a call um, or man, shoot us a message on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Behind the Eye Patch. We have a page on Facebook. Yes, we do. Also on Twitter. It's just at behind iPatch. Yes. No the in there. No the. Just at behind iPatch on Facebook. Give us a follow there. I've got a feeling we're going to start throwing some video content up there on Twitter. I think I think that's that's in the works, uh, and I'm pretty jacked about that. I love I love doing video stuff. Used to do it back in the day, so we're going to have to get into that a little bit more, especially uh, to help us through the off season. You know, we can look back on games of of yesteryear like the Raiders win over the Steelers which is going to be replayed on NFL Network if you missed it it will be back on NFL Network uh, sometime this week wow that's awesome that's awesome so Tyler let's look ahead then we got this week we got the big Thursday night matchup Chargers versus Chiefs let's dive right into that one man this is big man yeah that's a a big big game isn't it for for the AFC West Uh, it's in Kansas City Probably going to be Tell cold me. as a witch's oh, heart. Gosh. Yeah. So, so what, Tyler, look into your crystal ball like you like to do. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen in Kansas City Thursday night on the big stage, Chargers and Chiefs? Um, I, I watched the Chargers and the Bengals game this week at, out of curiosity of what we may see uh, from the Bengals. Um, I'm a little concerned for the Chargers going into this game because both Austin Eckler and um, who's their other running back? Uh, Gordon. Gordon. Is it Melvin? Melvin Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so Melvin Gordon, they're both predicted as highly highly questionable to play in this game. So their backfield is looking a, a bit depleted. They've got a, a guy by the last name of Jackson who kind of spelled okay. off uh, Eckler in the last game. But, um, you know. And he did a pretty he, solid job, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He did have a solid game. Um, Boza is back, and he's ferocious. I will tell you that. Yep. Uh, that defense, and, and we've heard it all year, Derwin James uh, safety extraordinaire who does no wrong for the Chargers. Um, yeah. He he is a force to be reckoned with as well. Right now, though, d- Micah, did you see that no-look pass that Patrick Mahomes oh. threw? Like, it was like yeah. John Stockton of yesteryear. Just it was it was pretty ridiculous. Even as a Raider fan, that was that was a sight to behold. All props to him for that. Yes. Here's the problem, though. When it gets cold, and and we haven't really seen a game where it's been real cold and there is no ground game, because let's face it, right now the Chiefs really don't have a ground game. Kareem Hunt released yep. for abusing whoever that lady was in the video, um, and they don't really have much of a ground game. 
it's going to be interesting because neither team has a ground game. It's going to come down to probably um, the, a game of the quarterbacks. It's probably going to have to be a, a passing type attack from both sides, I would imagine. Yep. Um, and and do you go with young, hot quarterback, or do you go with experienced Crimea Rivers quarterback? And either one hurts my feelings to say they're going to win. As a Raiders fan, I am going to say the Chiefs get the win in this one. I just don't know. I don't know that the um, that there's an answer for Tyreek Hill in the secondary from the Chargers. I think it's going to be a close game, but you know, I think I think the Chiefs win. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I think. We've seen the Chiefs the last couple of weeks could have very easily lost their last couple of games. It's you true. Know, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens should have had that game, yep, man. They should I mean, have. That was, that was theirs to win. Uh, the Oakland Raiders even, man. A little more talent on that team, and the Raiders are able to put that thing away late in the game. Um, there's something going on in Chiefs' kingdom, and I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just the weather. Maybe it's the changing of the season. Well, it is but that time of year. Like it is. It is. And this team is looking a little bit suspect. So you know what? I'm going to say Chiefs fans get a little bit of a scare when the Chargers come into town. And Phillip Rivers, because remember, you're still playing. I don't care who you have at running back for the Chargers. You're still playing that Chiefs defense, which is horrendous. And I think Keenan Allen and and Phillip Rivers and, and, and company – are going to light up that Chiefs defense. And I think the Chargers defense is going to do just enough, especially now with Kareem Hunt out. I think they do just enough to get the job done. I'm going to go I'm going to go Chargers 32, Chiefs 28. Hmm. And I think the Chargers are going to get it done. And I think all of a sudden there're going to be a few the Chiefs kingdom is going to start sweating a little bit going, <laughs> "What's going on? Yeah, I think everything's okay." I'm just for whatever it is, Rookie quarterbacks, it always catches up to them. You can you can you can bet money on it, and we might start seeing that now. And maybe maybe it's old. Uh, who's the weather? It's not Father Time. Who, who runs the weather? Mother Nature. Mother I Nature. Guess. So maybe Miss Mother Nature is the kryptonite for Mahomes. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I just the last couple of weeks have got me thinking this Chiefs team might not be as as hot. Or this this cold weather might be cooling down this this Chiefs team, so we'll see if uh, if uh, I'm right or not. But that's that's my that's my call there. I'm gonna go Chargers over Chiefs in an upset. Dude, Browns needed to or the Broncos needed to win out. They go and lose to the 49ers um, on Sunday. Marvelous, thumped too. It was twenty to nothing at halftime. But they came um, back and so made Browns, it a game. I think it ended up being twenty yeah. to fourteen. So I think so. I think so. So so Browns. Come in, uh, Baker Mayfield comes in to Mile High. Play, take on the Broncos. Who do you got in that one? Oh gosh, do I have to go first again? No, I'm gonna go okay, first. Okay, you this. go I'm first. I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win. You tell me. I'm gonna go Browns, man. See, well, I was going to go Browns to too, so I'm not as stupid oh, as I See, thought. See, the wind, the the, the 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 Broncos right now are, are like a deflated balloon. Just after that. Shocking loss to the 49ers who and they should deserve. have nothing to play for. Yes. So so I'm going to say you know, Baker Mayfield comes in, works a little magic again. He had himself a heck of a game against the Panthers last week. 
They're going to keep it rolling. And I think Nick they're going to take looks down good the Broncos. Too. He does. He really does. Um, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go Browns over Broncos. Cause that defense isn't what we think it is there in, uh, in mile high. They, they're, they're really, really streaky. So I'm going to say Mayfield puts on a little bit of a show, gets it done. Something like, uh, I don't know, like 27, 21, 26, 21, something like that. Puts another one over the Broncos and sets the Broncos up nicely for a, a Christmas Eve game against the Raiders. Maybe Raiders can pounce on a, on a, on a, a Broncos team that you know what that's another that's another uh, coach who's in the hot seat they uh I don't forget his name right now but the old uh, coach over there a mile high I know there's some rumblings going on there about Vance? people is not it uh Vance Joseph is it Vance Joseph Vance Joseph yeah so 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 there there's some rumblings over there people aren't satisfied with his work so I think it's going to be compounded uh when the Browns go in and get the get the win against the Broncos what say you uh I would also going to pick the Browns um I Chubb is rolling right now. They've got the ground game going. That opens up the play action for Mayfield, who that's kind of up his alleyway. And also just, I, I don't know, the is it Fred Kitchens? He's kind of the offensive guru right now. He's the hot name um, as far as the offensive coordinators is are yeah. concerned. And he's, you know, he's doing really well good things with Baker Mayfield, things that uh, Hugh Jackson uh, <laughs> didn't you do. You just say Hugh Jackson I know, and I laugh. I know. It, that cocaine addict, Hugh Jackson, um, so- who moved his empire to, to Cincinnati just uh, across the state a little ways, um, which, you know, whatever. I, I oh. think the Browns win. I, I think it's probably... A, a close-ish game, uh, but I see some points being put up. I'm saying maybe like 31-17 oh. or something like that. There you go. There you go. So we both, speaking of Hugh Jackson and the Bengals, Oakland travels to Cincinnati this week. Final game in the AFC West here uh, for this pod. Oakland now, you know, we had a couple close losses. We finally get it over on the Steelers. The AFC now we North. travel. Uh, sorry, no, I'm talking for the podcast. We're, we're for last last game here on the we've covered Chargers oh, Chiefs oh, I'm sorry. The Broncos game. Now we're at the Raiders game. They they're gonna travel into Cincinnati, take on the Bengals. Uh you know, we know Andy Dalton's out. Uh Joe Mixon's running the show in the backfield there. Uh also their big uh, Green's out too, if Green I'm not is mistaken. Out. Yep. So so I mean again very favorable matchup. Yeah, you could argue why do we want Oakland to win this game? We need that high draft pick. Um, Oakland has trouble playing in that you know in that side of the United States for whatever reason. What do you say, Raiders Bengals? Do the Oakland Raiders make it two in a row and move to four and ten on the season? It could very easily happen that way. I think Sunday just after like I said, I watched the Bengals and the Chargers play last night just to see you know what what we're gonna go up against maybe a little bit and I think we're gonna get a healthy healthy dose of Joe Mixon um yep and I think he had something like 28 touches on on the in the game against San uh Los Angeles Chargers I keep saying San Diego sorry I know right (laughs) um I see LAC and I think Los Angeles Clippers every single time. So anyway, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, 
I don't know. This game is kind of feels like maybe how you felt about the Pittsburgh game. Like we we're coming off of a, a decent moral victory and this week a victory victory. Do we continue to build on that or is this like uh, an enigma, a something uh-huh. that uh, is just a fleeting glimpse of perhaps what the future will hold? But they've got Jeff Driscoll. They've got, you know, A.J. Green is out. Yeah. It seems like a, a winnable game to me. Absolutely. I, I, and if, if you're talking about the Raiders' defense having to stop the run, I like that because our linebackers are built for that. And big old Hankins, Hurst, and Jelly, J. Hall, and Jelly, man, those guys gobble people up in the interior. So the Bengals are going to have to get – to the outside to make plays. And I just, I, I think this plays this, their game plan is going to play into the hands of Oakland's game plan, but I'm going to let you finish this out who you got winning. Um, just going back to what you said, I think where was that tweet uh, from Ted Wynn? the Raiders defense held the Steelers running backs to 32 yards on 16 carries. So wow. two yards a carry. Uh, and the, and he says that the return of, of Jelly, Jelly the Don, that's what you can follow him at on Twitter, was a big reason why. And he did. He had several uh, plays where he knifed through the, the offensive line of the Steelers, made some really nice plays in the backfield. Mixon is just a monster, though. I mean, I watched him run. I'm... I think I'm going to be another homer. I'm going to say the Raiders get another back-to-back win. Uh, It might be kind of sloppy-ish, though. Um, You know, let's go... uh, Let's go maybe 20... Let's go 20 to 14. 20 to 14. Yeah, a couple field goals in there. There you go. You know, the thing about this game, like I said, I, I like Oakland having if their big if their big deal is to stop um uh stop the run, I like them doing that. I if Oakland on defense is asked to stop the run, I like that more than the pass. So um uh, the Bengals quarterback, Driscoll, he was 18 of 27 for 170 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions. So pretty pedestrian numbers. Mixon was able to carve up the Chargers' defense, surprisingly. 111 yards, one touchdown uh, on 26 carries. Uh, they still lost that game. I like Oakland's run defense, though, more than the uh, the Chargers' run defense. I think the Chargers are more built to get after the quarterback than they are to stop the run. That could be. So, I I like, you know, I'm going to jump right in there with you, man. I think Oakland's is on a roll. And maybe I'll be eating crow this time next week. But I'm going to go the Raiders get it done. They're going to travel to Cincinnati. And um, Phillip Rivers went 19 of 29 for 220 yards and a touchdown. They were able to sprinkle in uh, Eckler, their running back, at 66 yards and one touchdown. Uh, on 15 carries, averaged 4.4 yards a carry. The Bengals' defense isn't what it used to be. A lot of players gone, a lot of guys out. I like Tarek Carr to go in there and with Cook, uh, with Aitman, with uh, and 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 carve them up. I I think I think also Doug Martin's going to get it done. He's had himself minus a couple games ago with the fumble issue. Doug Martin had himself a healthy showing as well against the Steelers. That continues, dude. I'm going to go something more like. I'm going to go 30 
to 23. Oakland. Oakland wins by a touchdown. I think they get it done. And I think at the end of the day, the Bengals are going to need to drive to get a touchdown. Driscoll's not going to be able to get it done for them. And uh, the Oakland Raiders defense is going to hold uh, for, for the first time this season. The defense is actually going to make a stop on one of the final drives, and we're all going to be celebrating. So I'm going to give Ray Oakland's offense going to keep rolling. I think uh, Gruden's got Carr on the right path. I think he's got this offense dialed in, dialed up. And I just don't like the Bengals' defense. It isn't what it used to be. And uh, uh, I'm going to take the Raiders in a win. Uh, 30 to 23 and I don't maybe I'll get lucky like you well no that wasn't luck that was pure skill no I gotta hand it that was pure skill on that pick last week you you. knew exactly what you were I did I knew exactly what I was doing (laughs) (laughs) that was excellently done well Raider Nation we've got a lot more news though we've got we do we do we've got uh Tyler hit hit us up with uh, and I don't I don't mean to cut you off Tyler what do you got for us? Because I know you had a couple things you wanted to get to. Well, we we uh, the Raider Nation has, I don't know, I don't know how to approach this. Good and bad, I suppose. Uh, Reggie McKenzie was released this week of uh, relieved of his duties as general manager. Yep. That's pretty big news. Um, and also another sad thing is it is looking more and more like, and I'll get back to Reggie, but it's looking more and more like we have seen the last of the Oakland football Raiders. Um, yep, that's true. For maybe ever. And uh, that's kind of sad to me. It uh, kind of the end of an era, nostalgia. Yep. Um, yeah, I never really liked the Vegas pick I, or the Vegas move. I knew it was, it, I knew it was imminent. I knew that it was coming, but I've never really thought the Raiders fit Las Vegas. And you can you mm-hmm. can disagree with me. That's fine. That's why we live in America. We don't have to machete each other for different opinions. Um, <laughs> I just always have kind of felt like the Raiders are a gritty, grinded out, maybe even almost dirty as as players. Um, and Oakland kind of personifies that, you know. And yeah. And, you know, when you think of Las Vegas, you don't really think of gritty, dirty, hardworking. You think more of the glitz and glam and, and stuff like yeah, that. And that's, that's true. That's why I, I was not a big proponent of the move to Las Vegas. Now, I'm going to follow the team. I'm not, uh, I'm not a hater. But it is sad to me. I, I've never gotten to see a game... Uh, it was on my bucket list my whole entire life was to get to a point where I could go see a game in Oakland, and it appears that Christmas Eve against the Broncos, great game to go out on, a, a great opponent to go out on, bitter rival. Uh, it's kind of sad, though. I, I always wanted to get to a game and and sit in the black hole, but uh, it appears that I will not be able to to do that at this time, unfortunately. So a couple sad things to go along with our happy win. Uh, Reggie McKenzie, <laughs> Reggie McKenzie, uh, getting fired. Uh, I wish him the best of luck. He came into an abysmal, uh, organization yeah. at a very difficult time, cleared us out of that cap, um, crisis cut. You know, he had a, a tall order in front of him, the problem, mm-hmm. though, Micah, is that I believe nine of his 50 picks are still with the Raiders, oh, which, which is not a great 
it's not a great yeah so with with Calhoun on IR only nine of McKenzie's 50 draft picks from 2012 to 2017 are on the Raiders current 53-man roster yep. 36 and players on current 53-man never spent a day on the Raiders roster last year so over half the players have weren't even with the Raiders last year that's not a success you know it, it's no it's it's a bunch of them it's a bunch of missed missed picks if you go back to 2015 alone Amari Cooper traded had a decent career with us Mari yep. Edwards always hurt he's gone Clive Walford in the third round hurt himself in that ATV accident he's gone John Feliciano still with the team he got injured on Sunday Ben Heaney the corner or the the linebacker fifth round Neron Ball also a linebacker in the fifth round. Max Vallis, Anthony Morris, Andre DeBose, Dexter McDonald. Out of those ones, Dexter McDonald, Edwards, and Cooper, and maybe Walford for flashes, and Feliciano, those are the only ones that were even decent. Wow. From yeah. 2016, you got Joseph, Jihad Ward, Shalit Calhoun, Connor Cook, DeAndre Washington, Corey James, Vidal Alexander. Not great picks. Um, and then last year, Con- or I guess two years ago now, Conley, Melifonwu, Vander Does, uh, David Sharp, Markel Lee. Uh, and then in the seventh, we had four picks. Luwani, Jylan Ware, Elijah Hood, Trayvon Hester. So, I mean, Hester was decent. Hood never cracked the practice squad. Jylan Ware, same thing. I think he was on the... Luani's in Seattle. Lee plays and contributes. David Sharp was cut, came back, and then you know Vander does has been hurt for for the whole year. Melifonu cut yeah. and now in Patriots land, and Conley our lockdown corner. Um, you know, not not a reign of terror by any means, but I I've always been a fan of Reggie McKenzie. Just you know, came in had a crappy job. Nobody wanted that job and he did a pretty yeah. good job with it. He he did draft Carr, he drafted Mac, drafted Cooper. So, sorry to I'm sorry to hear that really, but you know, not a great drafting resume. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it's kind of like the 2016 season. If you take out the Carr and Mac deal, you know, he really has an abysmal resume as far as when it comes to drafting, in my opinion. I felt like he was a guy who was always reaching for players, especially in that like second and third round where there was proven talent still there. And then he'd go for somebody who was, you know, raw, but had a lot of upside. And I, I hate, I'm sick of hearing those words in the top three rounds, man. You know, give me raw with a lot of upside in the fourth, fifth, sixth, right. seventh rounds. Yep. But but top three rounds, man, you got to be getting players that that can come in and contribute. Like, and you know, first two rounds they need to be difference makers. I agree. You know, by the third round, at the very least, contributors. Um, uh, and then after that, everything's pretty much a crapshoot. It seems like. But but I'm just tired of you know who who like the Mario Edwards of the world. You know, in the second round, and you're just the going, Jihad Wards. Yeah, and you're just going. Oh well, I I you know. 
I guess this, you know, he, he's got the, you know, the tangibles are there. Uh, just, we'll see if it develops. I'm tired of that. You know, I'm tired of that, the DJ Hayden, where it's like, well, he was really good until his nearly fatal injury. Right. We'll see if he can be really good again. And it's just, you know, and that was the really, the big knock I had on the way he drafted. And I believe what, what their record, I think was 39 and 70 overall with him, with, with Reggie McKenzie um at the helm and and again that doesn't you know but take out the 2016 season which again is looking more and more like it kind of just an anomaly um not great or you know even with that it's not great right so something had to give and we kind of you know you kind of felt this day was coming with with Gruden here and um it'll be interesting to see because you know Gruden had his hand you know obviously in the picks and and we've been you know we've been able to see uh Hurst, PJ Hall have been two picks. PJ Hall was very was instrumental in being able to, for that for the McDonald's sack on Sunday. Um, uh, PJ Hurst just had just absolutely blew up the interior and, and was allowed uh, McDonald to to cut around and come right up the middle for the sack on Ben, the one that actually ended up sending Ben out of the game. Um, you know, we're, Miller looked pretty solid. Uh, he's looked, Miller's been on and off. He's Miller's looked like a rookie to me. Yeah. You know, he's had games where it's like, wow, really impressive. Uh, then he's had games where it's like, what in the world? He's um, looked a lot. I've been more, he's looked a lot better since he's kind of recovered from that MCL surgery though. Yeah. Or not surgery, just injury. Sorry. And I'm more, I'm more frustrated with Parker oh, than I am gosh. with Miller. Um, so Miller's going to take a couple more years to figure out, you know, this time next year we should, it will be able to tell if if th- we can if that's another notch in Gruden's belt as far as in the draft resume or not. Right now, I would say it's heading that way. It's definitely a lot looking like a bust. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, the the McKenzie he really did. I think the biggest thing, the biggest contribution, was getting us out of that the the, the cap space nightmare that Oakland was in and being able to really just start from the ground up and turn the team around from there is is kind of what he'll be known for and obviously the car and the mac obviously we're 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 half a mac now uh, with with that whole draft <laughs> but uh um uh like I, said, I wish him nothing but the best he he took a he took a a real a rotten piece of meat and was able to make a you know at least a halfway decent meal out of it and uh definitely kind of almost like uh uh Jack Del Rio it seems like at least got this team heading in the right direction um so we'll see you know we'll just see I- i'm interested to see who who oakland goes after i haven't really been looking at names it really kind of just happened you know in the last 24 hours actually so i haven't really been able to sit down and analyze it much um so some, let's see what the future holds yeah there. some names floating around uh one of them was scott mcclowan i think is how you mclaughlin or something like that he was okay. the guy in um Let's see, he was in San Francisco, helped build up that roster. Then he was in Washington and Seattle. Um, he he has come out and said that he's not looking for a full-time GM job at this at this time. Um, and he's kind of... Well, that's perfect yeah. because Gruden will do most of the work. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> it's And, and uh, I, interesting, I, I had kind of a little back and forth with Chris Reed about this today. Um, just asking him what he thought, cause Scott was his, his top pick. Uh, he also said he probably is not 
wanting to he's wanting to be the man you know scott is uh-huh. um and with gruden you're not gonna be the man it's gonna be like no. probably a 75 25 relationship with gruden being the 75 um yeah and yeah and another name to come up is lewis riddick uh he works for espn he's an a- an analyst right now but he's been uh the a player personnel director uh, scout for for quite a while. Um, so there are some names that are that are floating around out there right now. Um, so yeah, I I kind of hope that we get somebody that will say, "Look, John, I know that this guy's a Gruden grinder, but there's a guy over here with a lot more talent. Let's take the talent before we take your Gruden grinder, and we'll get the guy that's the Gruden grinder." Uh, may either later in the draft or uh, as a an undrafted free agent. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Tyler, hey, I you know, and it, we would have been amiss if we didn't remiss, I should say, if we didn't touch on those subjects because that kind of both those things kind of just came up here last minute before, uh, you know, like I said, about twenty four hours. Yeah, I just uh, saw like and, uh, right now as we were doing this on Twitter that it's it's pretty much. Uh, because the city of Oakland has now filed a grievance, a uh, I, I don't know what it is. If it's a, and it's a lawsuit, I guess is what it is okay. against the yeah. Oakland Raiders and the NFL. Um, they're saying if you want to see one final Raiders game in Oakland, you better clear your calendar for Christmas Eve. So and I'll bet you how much you want to bet that, especially if Oakland beats the Bengals, you know, riding a two-game winning streak. Heck, even if they don't. I guarantee you that stadium. Oh, that, that stadium's going to be, be rocking. Yeah, it is. It gonna is be... going to be rocking, and and that would be the ultimate Christmas gift. I don't care what our seasons look like. Take down division rivals, final game in Oakland, yep. Christmas Eve. That would just be that would be epic. So let's see if we can make it happen. And I, I well, the way the way the Raiders are playing now, man, I could see it happening for sure. So, well, Raider Nation. Tyler, you know, before I wrap this thing up, because I keep trying to wrap it up on you, man. Do you have anything else for the nation before we go? I don't. I don't think I have anything else. Awesome, awesome. Well, dude, thanks for those two bits of knowledge. You had those on your on your roster, and I'm I'm glad you caught me before I cut you off there because those were important, and we needed to get that. We need definitely need to touch in on that. So I guess Raider Nation. I guess uh, we also need to touch on the fact that we will um, be having our our first annual uh, fishing trip together this weekend as well. So pretty excited for that. Yeah. Hitting up some ice fishing. Really excited for that. Going to go throw it down. And uh, and Tyler's going to teach me a thing or two about uh, catching big trout out of a lake. So I'm really jacked for that, dude. It sounds like I'll be freezing, but I'm going to prep as best I can. And uh, and we're just going to go for it. Yep. You know, kind of like the Raiders. So awesome. Tyler, man. As always, appreciate the insights. Appreciate the updates. Always a pleasure. Raider Nation, Raider Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate you listening in. Hope you guys have a great week. Christmas is right around the corner. Get that shopping in because, uh, as I have discovered, it's fast approaching. And if there are any other return items that I need to make, you know, <laughs> my my window of opportunity to do so is quickly, is quickly running out. So, so. Just a, a friendly reminder on that front. But do you mind if appreciate do you mind you. if I put in a shameless plug 
just real no, fast. Plug away. If, plug Raider away. Raider Nation, if you are looking for something for your wife, uh, a oh. stocking stuffer, go there over go. and check out EmpressEarrings.com. Nice. Tell them that Tyler sent you, and we'll hook you up with, uh, that's my wife's earring business. They're all leather earrings. Um, go check them out. Uh, a lot of women love them because they're super light. That's their that's their go-to of why women like them. So if you're looking for a last-minute quick stocking stuffer, 10 bucks, 5 bucks, and, and you want to surprise your wife with a pair of like silver and black earrings, we got them. We got them for you. Awesome. So go that check out awesome. EmpressEarrings.com for all your last-minute Christmas shopping needs. <laughs> that is excellent. Thanks, Tyler, for that. Raider Nation, thanks so much for listening, as always. We appreciate it, and we will see you in the next episode. Just win, baby.